Garrett with Anti-Fragile Hygiene and just wanted to take a little bit and talk about probably my most credited topic that I bring up and, and offer to people. Uh, I think a lot of what I do is think very hard and deeply about what's going on in our culture and I break it apart and try and find useful pieces uh, that can kind of cure some of the illnesses we go that we have going on you know physically emotionally mimetically you know, mentally that then I use those to heal myself and cure my world and I find then that other people around me are still doing their lives and they've got their own specialties and they don't necessarily then have these pieces that uh, can help them cure some of what, what ails them and holds them back and makes their life difficult. And I have a number of those things that I've thought were the most important to me and were the most valuable and the most hard won. And uh, sure enough, if you're somebody that creates things or you've heard people talk about it, that the things that you find most valuable or you think are uh, you know most magical that you were able to put together if you're a musician your songs or whatever whichever song you think is the most important that doesn't tend to be the one that resonates with the most people and you get requested the most and the one the topic and and the philosophy that i end up um not really thinking anything about that uh, I guess was just somewhat more natural to me so I can take it for granted and not think too much about it um, that then gets you know appreciated the most and, and brought back up by other people is this topic of kind of uh, forgiveness self-forgiveness specifically and uh, I guess a form of grace that comes from that, from understanding your own journey and understanding how important it is to have those backswings and have those difficulties and those failures and being able to, as quickly as possible, be able to just reincorporate those things and be accepting, even in acknowledging that a failure is about to happen, you can actually get to where you can see it coming accept it and be at peace with it and be thinking ahead of where you'll be covering that up later managing to not make that same failure uh, the next time and reflecting back on how that failure happening now though it feels awful because failure is always difficult uh, when looked upon and regarded that if it's happening less today than yesterday and less this week than last week and less this month than last month and so on that it's really to be appreciated and just moved on from that it's not really worth avoiding it because avoiding thinking about it and avoiding putting attention on it because you're afraid of that failure and the fact that it reflects that you are weak or that you're failing in that moment but really just very quickly being able to jump straight to understanding how it can weave into the bigger tapestry of your progress and the work that you're doing. You know, if you're somebody who's not putting in the kind of work and you're not being conscientious of what you do, you probably wouldn't be listening to somebody like me anyway. <laughs> so you're probably in the clear if you're hearing me out in the first place. But if you're somebody that's not doing those things and you're not trying, well, you know, no, you're not really supposed to just decide that whenever you're going to fail or you're going to cheat or do something that you're not supposed to, that it's fine and just give yourself excuses. But when you find yourself somebody that can be hard on yourself, that you are striving and you are putting in the work, that it's incredibly important to be able to not attack yourself over it and we we have a because of the way our culture works we're definitely we definitely set ourselves and our children up to uh, manage to 
have so much negative self-talk and so much fear of failure and disapproval from others, from them seeing your failures, that we kind of do a total bipolar move on it where if you look at it and you pay attention to it and you don't look away when you're having your failure, it just feels so painful and you say awful things to yourself and if you actually listen to the words that are being recited in your head of kind of echoing some of the most negative people and perspectives that have been in your life that are picking you apart and you kind of replay those things in your head for each new thing that you're finding that you're having trouble with or you're you're going to fail on right now whether you're doing better than you were in the past that if if you really listen to what those words are and, and what it is it's it's not real and it's not honest the dialogue tends to be very hyperbolic and uh, extreme where you're say <laughs> the thing that I'm probably going to draw associations with with nearly everything that I I approach and talk about because it's been such a central addiction for me and then mountain to scale in conquering it is food that so just say that you've gotten really good at taking care of your diet and doing uh, doing better and you've learned a bunch and you're holding yourself to it more and more but you find that you're getting uneasy right now and your life is stressful for one reason or another and you can feel that you're about to go have a bunch of cookies, you're about to go to a fast food place, you're about to go buy a box of or two of things that you shouldn't eat and just binge, you're, you're about to go binge on something or you are in the middle of it that you'll find, or in the wake of it, you know, after the fact that you can really drill on yourself about how awful you are for those things or an equal move, uh, an equivalent move, is to instead, because you see that coming and you're afraid of that reprimand, even just from yourself, let alone other people in your life that feel uh, empowered to do that to you, that you hide from it and you kind of pretend it's not happening, you come up with excuses is kind of the biggest aspect that you decide not only are you doing so well that you deserve it and you should eat these things, but you also even start just in the moment deciding that, oh, well, actually, you know, nutrition and diet is so complicated and I don't really know. And if I really feel this bad right now and like I, I want to do this and that I'm eating like this, you know, that I'm binging right now, well, I must be deficient in something anyway. And so maybe it's got something that I need and, and <laughs> well, okay, I'll go do this binge, but I'm, I'll never touch it ever again. And uh, all these things that it's so extreme to justify what you're doing and justify your failure in the moment. You say things that are just so extreme that they can't really be true. They just almost definitely won't or are not true in that moment, but you kind of have to do them to yourself as a band-aid uh, to, to mend for the amount of damage that you're going to cause to yourself when you do let consciousness come to that when it'll just bubble up when you're not paying attention that you did this big binge or you ate really awful and then for the next week you ate really awful or something like that and then you're experiencing the consequences of that of gaining weight that week or looking particularly bad or getting acne everywhere or whatever it is that your body does to you that in those moments if you weren't willing to look at it because you were so scared of how you'd treat yourself and how other people would treat you and scared that you really are failing in a macro long-term way that you you look away from that so much that then it has to bubble up unconsciously and then when it bubbles up unconsciously it's really just it can be an open wound that then suddenly you really are saying just awful awful things to yourself that instead of all these covering things up and not looking at it now you were doing all of that because in these moments it shows up and you're saying that you're the worst person in the world that there's something really wrong with you and that you're disgusting and you're a terrible person or any of these other types of things and uh, the real gist of what I want to get across is that uh, these patterns are happening to us and it, until you step out of them until you bring consciousness to it and you see how hyperbolic the attacks are they're just driven by fear of how other people have treated you and how you've been conditioned to think you should treat yourself 
in those moments, even just in the dark or just when other people aren't looking, you know, that other people wouldn't say awful things that they've said to you if a bunch of other people were listening who would find it disgusting to talk to somebody that way. Instead, they do it when it's just you and them or it's just you and them and a couple other people that are really mean and, and vitriolic towards you. And so in bringing awareness to this and how unnatural, uh, just incorrect these things are that are being said to you or being repeated and, and improvised on yourself and your own mind, that you can really find that if you listen to the actual words of it, they don't actually, actually make sense. You don't want to pretend that it doesn't matter if you eat awful things and you binge, but you don't want to, you also don't want to be hyperbolic on the other side and tell yourself that uh, it matters ultimately and that you are totally failing when you're not taking into account the fact that you've been putting awareness on this, you've been doing uh, a lot of work to, and you've actually been eating way better this week than last week or this month than last month, and maybe this week is bad, but then this month is way better than last month or this year is way, way, way better than the year before. And it's easy to not have that context and not be paying attention to that when you're attacking yourself. And I've found just about every time that we're in that type of situation where you're really attacking yourself, that uh, maybe it is just today and you're just thinking of uh, today or the week that like, oh, I'm doing so much better this whole, or so much worse this whole week and it's really awful and I'm really this awful person and everything that you're specifically missing that, that month or that year, that it's so much better that it completely outweighs what's going on now. And if you really think about it, you were due uh, coming back to center a little bit. You were due, you, you can't really go from being crippled and injured in a habit, being so terrible with a habit, to being a saint on it. You really do have to drag yourself along that path, and that includes being kind of slow and kind of weak about it. You need to go at a pace that is possible for you, and when you outpace yourself a bit, outpace what is really possible for you, which is fairly inevitable in the Western world especially, the way that our mindsets are of, of do and achieve and reach for the stars and go, 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 go. It's, it's pretty much inevitable if you've decided to do something good for yourself that you can end up, you'll, you'll end up overdoing it and you'll have to backtrack a bit. And we then also end up with that habit of then when we're backtracking, because we're reaching so far and we were trying so hard that that backtracking feels awful because it's such a contrast to all that work we've been doing. And uh, we have so much of that, of those patterns given to us of that's how other people would feel if they were just looking in and they don't know that this year was that much better than last year or whatever. They don't see the broad scope of your progress. They can look in and just see you gorging yourself and you know, giving yourself some consequences you'll have in the next few days or in the next few weeks or in the next year or two, you know, they don't know if you're just going to keep spiraling and they can look in on you and just feel disgust. And even if they don't even have to say anything and just the fact that that's how they'd, they'd feel that that really ends up weighing on us and we, we really then take it upon ourselves to replay those voices and those those ideas to ourselves that we're just awful and something has really, really gone wrong and, and all of that. And um, I guess I should try just broadening it a little bit because, like I said, I'm just using an example of food, but there it, it can translate into anything. You know, maybe you are instead somebody who's mean to people and you talk behind people's backs and you do whatever and then you've actually been putting in a lot of work to feeling bad about that and that you're going to work on that for yourself and then you just find yourself getting caught in a rut for a whole week every couple days you just find yourself just laying into people again and when they turn their back suddenly you're bickering behind their back to somebody else and saying terrible things and maybe someone even catches you and is like hey you know stop talking like that about them I, I don't really like like that you're doing that and then you feel convicted about this bad habit that you have and that you've really done a terrible thing right now and oh you're just never going to get better you're such a terrible terrible person and and all of that sort of thing that it can relate to just about anything where we have bad habits and we seek to improve them and that um that pattern of the overly negative 
view on it and being uh, uncaring enough that you can just attack when you don't actually have full context and, and those sorts of things then making it so that you develop a habit of not wanting to look at, at the things that are important, not wanting to look when you're, when you're failing. And if you don't look when you're failing, then you don't really process the progress that you're making. And it's, it's incredibly important getting out of that pattern and instead being freed into this other side, this other pattern where instead you can you you almost are looking forward to the fact that you are going to fail you can it can even help you in those moments when you're doing better at that thing because it's such a strain it's such a stress where your old habits and your old ways and your foods getting you by because you know the bad foods are getting you by because that's the thing that you lean on for getting yourself by you don't do hard drugs or whatever but you're addicted to food and so you you uh, lean on these these nasty foods you're improving that habit you're getting better about it but it's coming back that that it um you know it it gets out of control and it's easy for us not to give credit to that full context and when instead (laughs) sorry the and when instead you have that full context when you're willing to put that extra effort into noticing when you're saying things that are unfair to yourself and that that's probably a lack of context and then you put that time into thinking through the full context how were you last week how were you this month how were you the month compared to the month before how were you this year compared to the year before and i if you're being aware enough about it that you would be beating yourself up over it it's pretty much guaranteed that in the longer scale in the macro you are doing better and when you can get into that even when you're doing the right thing and you're not eating those those bad foods when you have that impulse to eat the bad food and then you're choosing not to but you can tell that it's hard right now to do that and that you know you're probably going to fail at some point and 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 come back up for air and and start binging again or something that in those moments even being at peace and knowing that because you know that those moments are coming because you're not disillusioned you don't have this this uh, false illusion that you're going to just be perfect from now on because you're trying hard, that instead you can almost just be excited about the next time that you're going to be able to just gorge yourself, (laughs) which sounds awful and it sounds counterintuitive to progress. It very specifically does, but it will, that can give you that extra wind to not just feel so defeated in those couple of moments where you're having a hard time, but you are making the right choice. And then maybe that next time it gets hard that you go ahead and break. If instead you know that that, that, that drug hit's going to come eventually and you're just holding it off, that you may actually find you can have a few more iterations of just passing up on the opportunity because you know that you're not going to be, um, not, you're, you're not going to be, uh, ignoring the the calls of your body you're not going to be ignoring the habits that are wanting to be uh wanting to have some sort of hold on you and and then it's like their attack on you is a little bit lessened because it really gets hardened from that fear being involved that fear of other people coming in and judging you and or your own ego and voice coming in and judging you you are afraid of that and that that extra fear does make it all the more likely that it's going to happen and so the better that you get at just calmly and patiently paying attention to the fact that you care about a thing you care about a habit that you've been really bad at in your life and in the past and that you're doing better about it now that you can then be uh, save yourself from the suffering that's that's involved and that suffering is that that black hole that sucks you back into it um, we are meant to feel pain we are meant to uh, experience highs and lows but I like uh, Eckhart Tolle's notion of the suffering though is the extra part the suffering is the mental illness you can literally lose the most important person to you in your life your your mother or your grandfather or your 
uh, uncle who raised you or something like that or a wife or a girlfriend or whatever it is somebody that's so incredibly important to you or a, the son or and then manage to experience just trying to call up maybe a most difficult pain that could be imagined that you can even experience the most difficult pain but if you weren't afraid of it if you weren't thinking that if if you weren't if you weren't thinking that only people who are doing things wrong experience lows along with their highs even the deepest lows that come to match your highest highs that if that wasn't a part of your thought process you can actually and all these other aspects that come with it you can actually instead just experience the pain of it and not look away but also not obsess and hammer yourself over it that instead you can just experience the pain and actually just go through the detox of having this incredible thing that was in your life removed from you and have this terrible pain and then have that pain be processed and moved out of you whereas if you're in this other pattern of obsession and avoidance then you end up with that capacity for suffering that then that's the spending laying up nights and just dwelling and and uh, thinking through scenarios over and over again and not getting anywhere with it and then you can be stuck for years for months and years and and on end but if you manage to somehow take this lesson um, and just start working on it it'll be like any other skill where not only does it take time to build up a skill but you almost definitely if you're any sort of normal person you've got a massive skill in doing the opposite you've got tons of practice in doing the opposite in having uh, the exact wrong behaviors for this uh, for this problem in your life for this process in your life of processing pain and doing difficult things that not only does it take the time to get the right habits in place and and get them to build upon each other but then you're also going to have to be de-threading your old habits that were hardening you and making things more difficult so you're not going to just hear me talk about this and then suddenly <laughs> it's all easier and then if someone important to you died then you wouldn't experience any of it and you'd just be totally fine and you'd be you know whistling a happy tune while it happened you will still experience pain and you will most likely still experience suffering but just like all the other things we've been talking about with these skills essentially that hopefully this suffering would be less than it would have been otherwise without the work and then this suffering would be less than if you experienced it a month ago before putting in some of the work on this and then uh, a year ago when you just were totally unconscious and you weren't trying to improve yourself and eventually getting to the point where you can hold on to wonderful things you can cultivate the good you can still focus on wonderful things and creating the good but then when the bad and the evil shows up in your life it doesn't then become an obsession and i'm sure all of us can can hearken on that happening to us when something bad happens and we just so much don't understand it that it becomes an obsession and I think there's also probably a bit of an equivalent here that would just be another little tool, another angle to come at it is being afraid of these dark and hard things happening to you, even just falling back into binging when you've been doing good work on on uh, eating healthy or, uh, you know, really saying awful things about somebody when that's been a bad thing for you and you put a lot of work into it and you've actually been saying wonderful things about people and you've been biting your tongue at, at points instead of saying uh, terrible things that then suddenly you're, you're doing exactly the wrong thing I think an important aspect to not having that obsession on the good is that acceptance of the bad things are going to happen and you're supposed to be able to be with the, that bad thing and process it and just let it fill your attention when it needs to and let the information and data about it be processed that we when you're afraid of those things we have this other end of that obsession that results of being obsessed with the good if you 
have all of that there, you probably also then when good things happen in your life, obsess over the good things and you spend more time than you need to mulling over this good thing that happened and coming up with all sorts of reasons and rules of why you were able to bring this into your life and why this great thing happened to you and that that ability to obsess there only spikes that that joy into more of a manic spike and that makes it so that then when you come crashing back down when something terrible happens to you or that wonderful incredible thing in particular gets ripped away from you in as unfair way as it was blessed upon you that then you are you are due that much further of a fall and that much deeper of a well of depression afterwards and so i i think and very easily just ties into all these Eastern philosophies of not identifying with the mind and not identifying with your experiences and, and all of these things. But I think this is maybe even a, a bit more another step towards making it Westernized and understanding it in a Western vernacular and a Western attitude that we aren't supposed to feel the need to obsess on those good things. You should enjoy them. You should relish in them as they come in and enjoy it exactly as it's presented itself to you. And then as it ebbs back away, that's then not time to go hide away and think about it and think about it and then plot and plan how you're going to make the next best and highest thing happen to you. And they, like you can you know, branch off of this one and just make it even more insane and manic of an experience that that's a drug hit. And you really need to... We, we all need to move further and further away from this stimulation, this obsession with stimulation and being overstimulated because it makes it so that you can't feel the healthy, vital, good things in your life because you're so desensitized from the overstimulation of the more drug-like, manic joys that you've put into your life and tried to put into your life at regular intervals so that you can feel okay and you can feel like you're pulling back up out of those wells that show up and instead you really if you've had a life like that you have to be able to fall into that well that you've created and and just be present with it and and be there with that pain and with that emptiness and that pain and that emptiness is there for a reason if you've spent that much time being obsessed over these manic joys that have presented themselves for you you don't have you you've been ignoring the more wholesome organic joys that have been there and you've either taken those and then forced them into a drug-like state into a more manic experience or you've just passed right by them and not even been able to feel or process them at all and if you can feel that if you can understand that that would really mean you owe to the universe an apology you owe a depression you owe a weakness and and that'll be played out in literally just your neurotransmitters in your brain ne needing to uh, be able to re-innervate and and get their sensitivity back and that feeling of giving space for this organ that's seeking overstimulation or nothing that it can't feel anything but overstimulation it feels like death to give it what it feels like is nothing to just let go and just reject your habits of manic joy and just leave space for the good organic feelings to come the good organic experiences to come and that when those come it'll feel even deeper and more desperate when you can tell it's there that there you're being gifted something wonderful but you can't even feel it and you can't even appreciate it. That's then another opportunity to feel so upset and depressed that you then just pop back over into a, some sort of manic experience that you know that you can do. You do some sort of drug or you binge yourself or you, you do whatever it is that uh, you participate in some, you know, overstimulating, uh, overextending sexual experience. You just go do whatever it is that you, you get into to overstimulate yourself that those are even still prime opportunities when you're doing just the right thing and you're supposedly getting rewarded for doing the right thing but you can't even feel it and you can't even appreciate it you feel despair and you want to sink even lower and then 
reach up and have just anything force you back up and you really have to be able to resist that as well and in, in in particular in those moments and keep in mind again just another reminder of doing that that's another skill you've got to develop because it's totally fine and totally normal exactly as I've been saying that trying to do this process you'll do so good and you'll start denying yourself for the first time and then you'll find that when you got to that extra low point that then you went right back and you you went for some overstimulation and some uh, some manic joy and that that will reset your progress that will screw you up but it won't throw you back entirely you still will have progress that you've made and even if you overstimulate until you've drawn back almost all of the work and effort that you put in then you probably haven't put in that much work and effort yet and it, it's fine to take that step back and that that's really where i started this whole thing and what i was trying to harp on that we really need to figure out how to celebrate those steps back not deny reality and say that they're a good thing in and of themselves that that, that experience was the good thing but that long-term macro experience of doing better and doing better and doing better and doing better and then falling even that fall is a part of that trajectory of going upwards because as long as you can stay in good spirits as long as you can understand this while you're going through it that then you can continue on on that upward trajectory by the time you get back up and brush yourself off and you won't have lost all of the progress that you've made so far and your mind will tell you a million times that you have and that it's worthless and it doesn't matter anymore and you want to get back to that overstimulation and just get back to where you were and not even think about it because at that point you can't even remember how bad it was when you got to that completely desensitized state where you could only feel overstimulation and so you can really fall back into that and I'm just trying to be here to say that's fine and that's fine to feel all those things and hear your inner voice tell you all those things your ego echoing in your head and trying biting and clawing with everything it has to get you back into that overstimulation to get you away from that pattern of life and no matter how much people want to talk about a yin and yang and that there's good and bad and so you know we're not we're not just good and and so like we can't just lean on this side of life and everything but at the same time we are specifically living beings we are not the void. We are not void beings. We are not the beings who didn't incarnate, who didn't come forward. And there is a deep, deep radical love and experience that happened to create the entire chain of events and every, every stage that created the capacity for you to be here. Even if you can think of a terrible event that, oh, you were specifically a product of rape or whatever, there's, there's really something wholly still in that lineage and even in that brief moment of the most disgusting awful depraved act that could have possibly happened that brought you there in a brief moment even your mother in this instance or, or whatever felt relaxed and let go and just felt the creation of life for a minute as awful and horrible as that sounds there's still a thrust of life and that doesn't disable us from building up so much life that then those types of events happen less and less and that those don't happen but that accepting that that's your journey to make a life and a structure more and more robust that the children that you produce will be that much less likely of having that that type of experience happen to them and their children less likely to be born of that lowest version of that deep deep godly love that doesn't mean that you can't acknowledge that that was evil, some particular non-consensual uh, procreation that brought you here in this example and everything. You can still understand that that was evil, but you don't obsess on it. You don't dwell on it. You don't condemn. You are not the judge of others. You are the judge of yourself. Even God and Christ are not there 
to judge you. They're there as your example. They're there as and never leaving the eternal frequency of the vital high vibrating force that brought you here. And you are the one that judges yourself. Exactly as I've described through all of this, you are the one that condemns yourself to hell. It's not even biblical, the idea that there's St. Peter letting you in at the gate and God, uh, you know, banging a gavel and looking at a list of all the things you did and adding them up like he's doing math and deciding, oh, nope, you didn't quite make it. And so you remember this one just stupid indulgent thing you did. No, see, you know, I don't want you here and aborting you. Instead, you are the one that retreats in the light of God. When you leave your body and the opportunity comes when you die and you leave your body and the opportunity comes to be reunited with God and, and be brought to him by Christ, your, the work that you've done in yourself dictates whether you will turn away and hide the sins and weaknesses you have left or you will walk straight towards that light and let all of those leftover pieces burn away because you've done the work to be strong enough and have the structure to survive having the most evil parts of you burn away and if you don't do that work even if you try to choose you wouldn't even choose it you would go hide but even if you tried to choose to walk into the arms of God when the opportunity presents itself, you would not by his will, but by the physics of the experience, the, the way that light interplays with dark just on a physics level, that light would cast the shadows out of all of those weak places in you. And if those weak places are structural for you, if you haven't done the work so that that evil isn't deeply embedded and structural for you, which for that to happen, you would have had to have put in work hiding and coveting these, these ill behaviors and running away from the light and, and trying to make sure nobody can see it. If you haven't done the work, then when you go towards him, you will collapse and you won't be able to make it to him and you'll, you'll retreat instead to hell to keep experiencing the things that we've had here in the world, but with the withdrawal of of God's love and his light and that is hell and it's not because he told you to go away because he pointed down to a pit with fire and somebody with a pitchfork and said no you go get tortured for an infinite amount of time and I don't want you his heart breaks at every moment the idea that you could have used the free will that he gave you to fall away and not hear his call to come back and if you don't hear that call, you will cast yourself into hell when that time comes. And this whole thing is kind of a process of being able to do that. This is grace, essentially. When you, when you no longer cast judgment on yourself, you will no longer cast it on others. And when you stop casting that judgment on others, which we haven't really brought up here, but when you stop casting it upon others, you will stop feeling it reflected on you every time that you've failed. Because some part of your subconscious plays this reciprocal game, and if it's fair for me, it's fair for everybody else. If it's fair for them, it's fair for me. And if you allow yourself to sit, sit in condemnation of that example of someone come stumbling in on you, gorging yourself, or doing a drug again that you, you know, swore to everybody that you weren't going to do anymore and you were done drinking and, and like, you know, you've, you've come to God and you're just not even going to, you're doing uh, Alcoholics Anonymous and you're, you're totally dedicated and they stumble in on you uh, drinking again and just hurting yourself and then they feel that condemnation towards you that we were thinking about earlier is that's so painful for us. If you're casting that at them, that's then what you are casting back at yourself, whether other people around you are feeling that or not. When you have your weakest moments, and you know you've been caught in your weakest moments, you play judge on yourself, and you place everybody else in that seat and say that it's them. You say that that person who came in on you was judging you, whether they were or not, and they may have been. But their judgment isn't what counts and isn't what matters. 
And you even put God in, in their place and you say, God, how could you condemn me to hell just for doing the wrong thing and, and judging me? You shouldn't judge me. You're, you're supposed to be all love and all light. But that's you being wrong. You, you are the one who is condemning yourself. It is your own heart reflecting on the deeply ingrained patterns that you've put into your right brain and your subconscious. That's what condemns and judges you. That's what creates that reactive decision when you are faced with coming to God or turning away and saying, oh, God was evil anyway. He was going to say all these evil things about me and he, oh, I just don't get it. And this other person, they had an easy life and that's not fair that they would be able to go. You're not taking in all the context. You are just covering for yourself and you will run away while you do that. And so hopefully this can, can help uh, for people. I, I have heard that it's it is a helpful perspective and to me it's something that I, I take for granted because I think it's just so deeply ingrained in my core to have failed at this so bad and to have been set up with the tools to start processing and figuring these things out that to me it's like you all should already get this stuff you know <laughs> that I would feel like I'm just preaching to the choir that I'm telling you things that you already know and you're gonna be annoyed that I'm, I'm telling you those things but I don't think it is, and I don't think it's. it would be a harmful thing to help play harmony to that, that thought process and your, your learning and your work into being able to both forgive and accept yourself and accept where you are, but also managing to do that without discounting what's going on, without looking away from what's happening, without ignoring all the context. You'll be able to do it from adding all of the context. When you aren't afraid and you look further and deeper and longer, even if it seems like it's getting worse, the more you're looking at of that behavior that like, I don't know, maybe it wasn't really that much better this week or last month or whatever. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm not doing great. Keep looking. Don't let that steer you away. Keep looking. And that process will lead you to being able to just barely make that right decision the next time rather than the explicitly wrong decision. And uh, these things snowball. It's very much a snowballing effect. And if you can't see what's going on in our world right now, things are just getting more extreme. It's bifurcating. People like to brush things off, you know, periodically and just be like, yeah, but, you know, all of human history, things have always been crazy and that we just don't like to think about it and whatever. But you can just think about this year compared to last year, <laughs> you know, the last five years compared to the five years before that. It's just that much more extreme. The technology is even there if you just want to think about the left brain end of it and just the technology being there that the technology enables these things to compound that much faster and you, we're seeing it the the bifurcating and sprinting away from each other in the uh, political realm and everything that if you have you know left-wing tendencies you're so much closer today to going into the streets to having not nearly enough context and then going into the streets and joining a mob that's burning down specific people's buildings and their businesses and their livelihoods and destroying cities that won't necessarily recover. It, it takes an extreme economic effort to build anything uh, in a sustainable manner and dashing at that and just annihilating it even if the government tried to flood money in to fix it it destroys the organic nature of it it destroys the progress that's been made and it will be leveled to ash at whatever level that it is and it will need to grow back up organically we don't want the government handouts to make it grow back if there's government handouts making it grow back it'll be monocrops it'll be monocultures that destroy the biodiversity of that economic system you don't want that and so participating in these left-wing riots uh, or even being somebody who's tacitly supporting it you're not actually going out there you're not actually black blocking going out with antifa and black lives matter and and breaking things and everything but you're arguing with the people who are saying that hey at least this is wrong there's something wrong with this yeah well you know you don't understand this and this and this you don't want to be called to to supporting these extreme sides that are happening and there's this the same equivalent that's going on on the right wing side of the right wing the right 
right-leaning people are getting so agitated and rightly on both sides because we're being manipulated. We're being absolutely inundated with, with bipolar information that is meant to extremify us. And these, the people on the right are then seeing, okay, well, all this insanity is happening and this chaos is going on and the media won't even talk about it. And they're pretending that it's not happening and that it's a good thing that it's happening. And they're feeling so despondent and at a loss that they're becoming radicalized. And when they get their opportunity, they're going to do their own version of annihilating civilization. And you just can't, you can't fall into the, the bifurcating that's happening, the, the bipolar experience. You want to be in that middle where you're not looking away from it. You're not ignoring it. You're not pretending that Donald Trump always says the right things, that he's not a troll and he's not a jerk and whatever else is going on, or being on the left side of saying like, yeah, but you know, Biden's not that bad. You guys keep saying he's losing his mind. He, the idea of him being in charge of the world is insane uh, of being in charge of the United States and one of the strongest economies that has ever existed. That should be able to register in your mind as the most insane thing imaginable. And so is, you know, this, the other side on the right, that you have to be able to see the both sides of it, be at peace with it, because if you can tell it's so extreme, no normal effort is going to, to get us back there. No reaction, reactionary behavior is going to stabilize things. It's just being imploded right now. It's just essentially over. And that's a whole separate lesson, you know, that I'm barely touching on. So hopefully you don't think that I'm just brushing through that and that I haven't thought that through. But that's a really intense and major point that if you spend any time on it, like really genuinely, it's broken. It is fundamentally broken. Everything is broken. It will not be repaired without the most extreme things happening. And we don't have to participate in that. It literally requires a miracle for us to escape this. But that's where then all of this talking we've been doing, it all on one level or another can rest in the left brain. We're, we're using all of our structure to form words, to communicate, for me to tell you all these philosophies that I've been thinking about and processing to share with this stuff. The right brain compared to that is the religious side. It is the okay, I don't understand what's happening, but I know what to do, even though I can't explain it. I have a feeling for what I need to do. And it's not a bipolar extreme feeling. It's not a reactionary feeling. It's a intrinsic, natural answer that's coming up calmly and beautifully out from inside of you. We need, essentially, God to save us. There, There's no other choice. And, and I'm actually relatively new into being somebody who's deliberately using specifically Christian vernacular for these things like I have. Um, I've known these words and I could have used them, but I wouldn't necessarily have. I would have used much looser terms, but it's when you really let that break in you that we can't fix this ourselves. I, I, I've been on the cutting edge of being somebody who's capable and figuring out what's going on and then trying to just left brain it all, tell everybody what's happening and what the answer is and which way to, to lean when each curve happens and not to buy too much into the curve, but just, you know, be able to lean because this event and this event and this event, just, you know, you really need to be able to see what's going on because I've had the time and energy and capacity to do that unlike almost anybody else, not because I'm so special, but because... I found that to be what to sacrifice for, what to give up everything else so that I can spend the time required to figure out what kind of the solutions are, what the reactions really kind of can be to try and navigate around some of the stuff that's happening. But I went through a dark last couple, two or three years of having figured it out and been trying to share exactly, you know, what I've been able to understand and what to do. And none of that's changed. It's true. I have this kind of through line, but nobody is able and willing to listen. Nearly nobody, you know, it would have to be 60% or so of the people I talk to that I'd have to be able to reach, you know, with, 
with the kind of message and everything for to make any sort of difference and it's just not there it doesn't happen the most intelligent people who should be the most capable of understanding it's an overload almost instantly and they have to just fall back on okay you've kind of been able to convince me of each little thing we've talked about but there's still an infinite amount of other things and i'm i'm busy i gotta go you know and they're not ending up telling me well you didn't convince me here and you didn't convince me here and this is wrong and here here's some information about this and this is wrong it's just always okay i'll concede each of those points that we've now spent two hours going over or whatever it is but at the same time okay i mean maybe we'll pick back up on this and you know a little later i it just would be physically impossible for me to drag each and every person along to understand these things and so it's so deeply ingrained in me this experience and figuring out and understanding like we can't save ourselves it's too much it's too far gone even if we have the answers we can't get the answers out to enough people not with all this left brain stuff and you can't counter each of the narratives that they're broadcasting daily from every big news organization being broadcast into everybody's TVs and everybody's websites that they prefer to watch and everybody's social media. If they weren't censoring the social media even, maybe we could get enough, enough of a swell going that we could wake up enough people. But that's being censored in all of YouTube. So even if you get it all together and you deliver it all into videos and you give everybody like what, wherever they're at, they can jump in on whatever step they need and they can figure out how to identify this beast and how to avoid it and how to build themselves, so, you know, how to, how to battle this beast. Maybe then it would be possible, but they're censoring YouTube too. And then BitChute's relatively unusable compared to, you know, all of these media sites are either censored or they're just kind of offline and there aren't enough people there to create the swell anyway. We can't get there and it then makes it so that we need divine intervention. <laughs> it sounds like a bit of a jump, but if it's impossible, what else is there? And I've put everything on the line to figure out that it's impossible. And I thought the whole time that it wasn't impossible, that I could do it, that I could find the other people that were doing it and we could band together and we could figure this stuff out and we could get the information out and we could build a community and we could be, you know, supporting each other and being able to, to get the right, you know, message out and be able to counter what's going on. And you can't, they crush you every single time. That doesn't mean don't try. We're kind of doing that here. I'm giving a little bit of it and it's probably too much. I'm going too far into all the left brain stuff. I'm already telling you too much to try and justify just dropping that little piece. I'm trying to just justify saying that we need religion to get us out of this. That I've ended up extending all of this and running off on this really long tangent. It's just evidence, more evidence of the fact that it's too much we can't get there the fact that i didn't quite convince you with all of that see if you can find that where that could be evidence to the fact that i can't convince you <laughs> i can't that maybe i actually do have the answers i have at least the through line i have the direction for where the answers are and how to react to each of the events and understand each of the the narratives that are going on and how to figure out which way you probably should lean and then find all the data that then lets you know okay yeah this was the right way to go and oh wait no i need to i leaned the wrong way but this is definitely the way it doesn't work it's too much fundamentally factually as far as me as somebody who's primarily designed to do this i'm vouching that it is too much and it's impossible what ends up coming from that, if you can end up finding that for yourself, that it's too much, that whatever bits and pieces, if you're somebody who's busy and you've got a normal job and all these other things, you've only got a fraction, a tiny fraction, you know, of, of enough to know how to battle all the stuff that's going on. And you probably have some part of yourself that still thinks if you just learned enough, if you just knew 
how to also deal with this other topic that's coming up that you don't know how to talk about it with other people or that if you could bring it up to me then I would understand but you'd need to go do more research so you could at least present it to me just right and everything that it won't and it's too much it's genuinely too much and it doesn't hurt to figure out each of these events that's going on and kind of figure out how to navigate but realizing that it's not enough and it can't be enough and it will never be enough leaves you with only one thing at first it leaves you with nothing that means there's nothing if there's no reaction that can be done for the things that are being done to us then we're done then it's over but if you accept that right just like the beginning of this if you accept that failure that biggest of all failures that it's too much and you've been barking up the wrong tree thinking that you could do it i've now spent 12 plus 13 12 plus years 13 years whatever thinking that i could figure out enough i've given up everything to figure out enough to rescue all of us from this with some sort of understandings and left brain stuff and i'll just have a media set up and i'll be able to do like anomaly does on youtube if you don't know him look him up he's incredible that if i just set up you know enough of those things and i just process each event that's coming in and it's not my destiny and the more that i've done that the more i've gotten off track and when you decide and understand that there's nothing in this physical world that can rescue us we can't battle this beast ourselves you can't do it you're then you then die it's then over you can process forward and see what's happening and what's going to happen and it just collapses in on us in an orwell fashion everything is bleak everything is done everything is dead it's over well great okay well you might as well just be uh, a hedonist then right go just enjoy as much as you can go do a bunch of drugs go eat as much as you want do whatever you want until you just die in the next couple of years then you can avoid all this horror that's that's you know coming down on us and that'd be fine you know just do that that'd be fine <laughs> but if you don't keep fighting and you don't give in to the escapism and the looking away from it and you just leave the space there you just leave space you find a presence you find a a pattern of beauty that's been around you the whole time something that is just here it's a grace that you haven't been tapped into that you haven't acknowledged and you haven't accepted and you've been too stimulated to feel and recognize and when you relax enough when you let go enough even though you know you're in the middle of the biggest war that could ever exist accept your defeat accept that it's over not that you want the evil to win don't let them make you want the evil to win that's when you go into the hedonism it's that and that entails all this resentment and everything it still means you're obsessed on it it still means you that you're you're obsessed and you think it shouldn't be happening except that it is happening and that it's too much and then find as you stop being overstimulated as they force you into the overstimulation and though you're going to kill everybody's grandma if you don't watch cnn every day and know exactly what's going on with the coronavirus and oh, all these hurricanes are coming and all this oh and global warming's killing everything and that oh we're overfishing all of the oceans and uh, there's poisons and literally everything and all of your plants are covered in toxic waste and poisons and and there's people that are doing it on freaking purpose they know exactly what's going on and it's still happening that you then are left with just you and if you're left with just you that's something you can actually change you can actually affect and put work in on and if you can put in the work on yourself you can then put in the work on finding a mate that understands this stuff too and is willing to follow you into this light and to just focus on yourselves and focus on each other and then in that love you can beget children and children that you can raise to not be vulnerable to this stuff and you can lean into a community 
and you can grow your communities and you can become so robust that you don't let any of the pests in, that the pests have no power over you. You don't have to watch CNN or ABC or Fox or anything to know how to battle all these evil terrors that are around you. You can just work on yourself and it's not a self-centered thing. It is focusing on yourself so that you can be valuable enough for a partner, so that you can be valuable enough to produce children, so that you can be valuable enough to support a community, so that you can be strong enough and robust enough to become a, a state and a nation that is not vulnerable to the pornography, to the, uh, the Netflix uh, and Hollywood influences into your lives and degrading your values and breaking you down. You will be so busy supporting each other and being so ecstatic in each other's glory and joys and success that there's no room to sit there and stare at the television. There's no time to bring the family together so that you can eat this really gnarly, overstimulating cooked meal of chopped up animals from horrible slaughterhouses, particularly terrible, horrible slaughterhouses, so that you can all just sit and watch some programming that some awful, awful, low-quality people in Hollywood or wherever have written for you so that they can pass their morals on into you and into your family. You're too busy playing music together and going to someone's recital and going to someone's ball game and and playing games together it sounds far-fetched and it explicitly has to it sounds extreme it sounds crazy as silly and mundane as it really as crazy as it is to call that crazy that's how it feels and sounds in this left brain prison that our western culture has imposed on us and allowed us to force on to the rest of the world. We've led the way and had everybody else end up dragging along and let us pump all of our propaganda into their, into their countries. And now everybody is stuck on this do, 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 go, go, go. Science is the be all end all of absolutely everything. Um, you know, empowering women, getting women out of the household is the chief concern of everybody. And, Black people are just victims, they're only victims, and they've only ever had trouble and difficulty because other people are oppressing them. And same with Jewish people, they just are, oh man, they've just been attacked everywhere that they go, and of no fault of their own, they could never have done anything and have any qualities that they're actually culturally engendering in themselves and in each other, that they're agitating the people that are around them. Oh, that's impossible. There's nothing that anybody, you know, could be learning from what they're doing or experiencing, we're all just victims. All, all Jewish people are victims. All black people are victims. All women are victims. All of us, and then now on the right wing, it's that, oh, all of that's happening, and then we're the only ones that are left out. White people are the only ones that are left out. We're the victims now. We're the ones that are being attacked by everybody because everybody else gets their special, their special groups and their special, uh, you know, um, bonuses and, financial relief and all these things. We're the ones, we're victims now. You don't have time for any of that. You, you need to not have time for any of that. Because when you turn and look inwardly on yourself, you should feel so empty and dead at this point from participating in any of this that you want to turn away. But if you don't turn away, you'll see so much work that you need to do. Because you've failed, and you are weak, and you are lame. But it's because of your own choices. And you have to be able to start putting in the work. And part of that work includes not condemning yourself. You are simultaneously not the victim, but you are also not the, the heel of everything and the worst person in the world. That through that you can find grace.
The deepest part of yourself is glorious. That pattern that brought you about, that feeling that your parents had, even if just in a brief millisecond while their brains turned off, is righteous. And that righteousness is yours. The more you can work on yourself and refine your character and put in the effort not to fix the world around you, but to fixing yourself and being the best person you can be for others to be able to uh, helping others fix and repair themselves, but of their own free will, not of you coming and attacking them and not, not of you pressing in on them and letting them know exactly what they're doing wrong. They have to be allowed the free will to ask you for that help. And you are charged only with clearing yourself out enough that you're ready and prepared to allow them to call forward those great things that they need out of you when they're ready for it. It's one of my favorite ways of understanding uh, this through Christianity and everything that they they so much believe in and talk about this this idea of uh, and I guess maybe the way I describe it or or whatever of of hollowing yourself out the more you move your ego out of the way and you refine your own character you hollow yourself out you allow the light of God that deep pattern and root that I mentioned you allow yourself to be just this magnifying glass, this this light that casts that light out. And the denser and harder and more obsessed that you are, the more you dampen and crush that light. And the more you can empty yourself out, the more space there is for that light to rebound and grow and blossom as it, and, and then be capable of shooting out of you and being shared with others. And that's the work we need to do. And that's the type of thing you manage to do by not being too hard on yourself during your failures, <laughs> just to wrap it back around. Um, so definitely came back around a little too much for the end of that and everything, but it felt absolutely necessary. I couldn't just mention that you had work to do and that there's a way of getting out of this stuff without giving a little explanation to it and a little explanation doesn't make that much sense so i'm hoping that uh, all of that helps and didn't just end up dragging it on too long <laughs> anyway take care i'll hopefully check in again soon